Welcome to another chilling episode of Security Views Radio. The only cybersecurity podcast, in, and this is true, that can legally pardon a turkey. I am one half of your hosts, Adam Slater, and with me as always is my other half host, John. Uh, quick question. Why is it chilly? And could we include the certificate of being a pardoning turkeys or whatever you call it? What's the official name of the certificate? I would like Felton to include that in the show notes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Pardon a turkey? Yeah. Pardon a turkey. Isn't it going oh. So uh, we, we have sort of a different recording setup this week. Uh, we are uh, not in the, in the same space together. Uh, we're doing an online recording. So you guys will actually be hearing a lot more of Felton this week. Yes. They finally gave me a mic. <laughs> well, we gave him a computer that happened to come with a mic. Let's just not <laughs> spend a bunch of money on microphones or anything like that. Yeah, we spent a bunch of money on a new computer. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> So, so, um, so back to why is it chilly? Oh, chilling. Oh, ing. Yeah, why is it chilling? I, I don't know. We'll find out. I just, I, I like making making the intro a little bit different every time. It's my, it's my, my gift to myself. I think you owe it to our to our dozens of listeners that you, donation. Uh, there should be an inside story to it. You know. like, oh, I see. Very fond of movies, and you love it when there's hidden references in movies, like when that one guy uh, from the Rolling Stones who played on The Sopranos walks into the bar and they're playing the Rolling Stones song. Yeah. On. So I think you should put a little more thought into the introduction. To, to, okay. To well, it, oh, all right. Well, I mean, it is cold this week, so that might that that, that could explain the chilling this time. But no, I I will put more effort moving forward. So. So how was Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was good. It was really good. It was small, low key. Um, just my wife and I and a couple friends. Um, you know, we've uh, one of the things that I think is going to come out of um, a lot of this stuff that you and I have talked. We, we've talked about it before. Like, you know, hey, there's going to just be more hand sanitizer, and uh, I'm looking forward to people going next year. Hey, you know what? We don't need to have forty thousand people all together at home. We could just do small gatherings. I think that'll happen, but that's me. So Go. let's just say, let's just say, um, back in um, April. Yeah. I don't know. Let's just try to guess a good number. Ninety-five percent of people were were accurately washing their hands using hand sanitizer. What do you think the current percentage is? Oh, I, I'd be surprised if it's half that. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't know because because it's it's more widely available now, right? Like, you know, if I have to go to the grocery store, like it's all over the place, you know, like every aisle or whatever, they've got they've got a hand sanitizer. Yeah, but some of the stuff is just pure gasoline. Like the other day, I used some, and then I accidentally like got that carpet burn thing going on, and my hand caught on fire. Oh no! <laughs> oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I spontaneous combustion. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just, oh God, man! Some of that I, stuff is toxic. Yeah, and 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 the other the other thing that um, I, I'm looking forward to stabilizing on is uh, it is now like a like a uh, like a crapshoot on what you're going to get. Like you're either going to get the foam, you're going to get the gel, and sometimes you'll do the little pump on the thing, and it just like it shoots out this like you know. <laughs> <laughs> like five ounces of like liquid hand, and you're like, what in the way? So oh, I want us to, yeah, we need to get back to settling on one consistency of hand sanitizer. 
Yeah, and I, and I want to personally advocate, can we please have the sanitizer companies ramp up production and let's get the liquor companies back to the liquor? Because <laughs> right. Have some balance here. And, <laughs> and honestly, if the liquor is flowing, people will stay home more. So It's true. Yeah, I, I've seen some hand sanitizer that, I mean, it looks, it has the handle and everything. And it looks just like alcohol. I'm like, that's, you can get in a lot of trouble. My good buddy of mine, um, he and his wife work for a liquor company um, in Tennessee. And um, he occasionally will send me a box of goodies. And uh, I got a box of goodies a couple months ago and it had, you know, a couple full size bottles, but then it had a bunch of, uh, you know, the little one and a half ounce uh, airplane bottle. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the airplane bottle. And he had a whole bunch of those. And um, I did pour one of them into a glass. Thankfully, I hadn't drank it yet. I did pour one of it into a glass. And as I was throwing away the bottle, I realized it was a mini bottle of hand sanitizer. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah, it would have been a bad day for me. <laughs> the world, the world can't afford for you to throw that away right now. So we need. To- <laughs> Yeah, I just left it sitting there and dipped my fingers in later. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I like to wash my hands with hand sanitizer. I don't know if that's more effective or less effective, but I, I feel like it's making the best effort. Oh, like in place of soap. <laughs> I don't know. No, there's, I don't got to be something. I don't think it's a good idea at all. I would not, <laughs> not do such a thing. But do you have to do both? Do you wash your hands and then do the sanitizer, though? Because I see that the restaurants always keep it outside the bathroom. I tend to use it as like a and, – and I, this is probably not best practices. So don't, don't come to Security Views Radio for hand sanitizer practices, folks. But I tend to use it as like a um, – like an in-between kind of thing. Like, all right, I haven't gone to the bathroom in, you know, a while, but hey, like I've still been walking around the office or walking around at home outside my apartment complex. I should probably go ahead and, you know, it's like a booster. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I just say, put this on the list of things that need to stick around. Oh, yeah. Post-2020. Yeah. I I just used some hand sanitizer just now from... Uh, the discussion. Okay. <laughs> it's on my desk, so I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, I catch myself doing that too. Like sometimes I'll just be sitting at my computer, haven't moved in three hours from my desk, and I go grab, get, get something. <laughs> something uh, like, I should use it. Yeah. Well, but it's also like I've gotten so used to that post hand sanitizer clean feeling that now just my normal gross human skin feels weird if I haven't put hand sanitizer on in a couple of hours. You said you're gross human skin. <laughs> I, I, I just feel grody. So. Oh. oh, yes. We should add that to the water supply, too. We should just go ahead and just that from our shower. My daughter now air dries her hands. She doesn't use uh, towels anymore. Mm-hmm. We have a... Um, a space heater over on their side of the house. <laughs> and she'll turn on the space heater <laughs> and just fire him. Oh, Felton. Felton. <laughs> Working in computers, and let me tell you, that is terrifying to see one of those in a building. <laughs> oh, space heaters. 
for the folks at home, Felton, how old is your daughter? Uh, she she is five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it's her it's her own uh, Dyson air dryer. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a Dyson. It's, it's a <laughs> There's her Christmas present. <laughs> I don't like the Dyson ones. The I I, I don't like them. Uh, you gotta like shimmy your hands up and down through them. It's just weird. Yeah, the blade thing, and you gotta try not to touch the sides. Like it's some kind of like experiment to get the get you know get past the snakes and Indiana Jones to get <laughs> right. <laughs> but like like the regular ones are fine. You just put your hands under them. You you go through the motion of drying your hands as you would with a paper towel, and then it's done. But the Dyson one, it's just it's weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, you testing your dexterity. Yeah, I don't like the hand. I don't like the hand dryer. Just give me a paper towel. I don't, I don't touch the hand All right. None so, of us know anything. We don't know what's best. <laughs> yeah. Except when it comes to cybersecurity, which is what brings our listeners here today, at least the two that are still remaining. Who are still to, with us. Who are still who are stuck in a drive-thru waiting for <laughs> So yeah, so something I wanted to, to to dive into and talk a little bit more about. We've we've mentioned, and this is going to be sort of a high level overview kind of episode, which is kind of typically what we try to do. But um, we've mentioned zero threats in the past on this show, like just in 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 passing when we've been talking about other best practices or threats or things like that. But we didn't really like really dive into it. So I'd like to take a little bit of time today to just talk to you guys, oh, you and John and Felton, um, about what a zero-day threat is and why they're as bad as they are and what our listeners can do to protect themselves against it. Yeah, so kind of like in in short, um, or not too short, I don't know, I shouldn't say that, I'll give you a longer version of that. <laughs> is that there's known risks that we have in the world. There's things in cybersecurity that we know are issues, people who have weak passwords, or there's bugs that are found and identified in software. Right. But at some point, these issues exist but are not known. And that's what we basically refer to as a zero day. It's saying that there's a, there's, there's a vulnerability that exists, a bug in software, flawed code, uh, misconfiguration, but usually we're talking about a uh, you know a, a bug inside some some application code, and there's uh, the ability, the possibility that's that um, somebody's going to use that threat against you, and the manufacturer of the software doesn't know about it yet, and so they've not they've not been able to fix it, or the manufacturer knows about it but is unable to fix it. There's been a lot of famous cases of zero days, and there's also a lot of famous cases of zero days being exploited by governments where the government knew about these these flaws existing but not telling the manufacturers because they were actively using and exploiting those vulnerabilities. I don't really want to go down that road too much. It's a little too conspiratorial for me. <laughs> but I do know that these cases exist, and some famous ones are like Eternal Blue um, that we've seen most recently as being a well-known zero day vulnerability. A lot of things are taking advantage of zero days and um, exploiting them. And honestly, from a hacker perspective and from a software vulnerability perspective, it's the, it's the, it's the ideal way. You find a flaw yeah. in something, you exploit it, and until it gets notified, you really have free reign and people can't figure out how you're getting in for a while. 
um, there's always two sides to, to this issue. There's the good guys and the bad guys, and there's the people that are doing software testing and your white hats, and then you have people trying to break in, and those are your criminals. And um, both of these groups, both of these teams are going at things from the same perspective. I want to get in, and I want to identify something somebody doesn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, that's sort of the thing is that because, you know, because it's brand new, it makes, it makes defending against that so much more difficult or, or, or is it, I mean, like, well, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's impossible. Sometimes you can't, um, cause you don't have a way to identify what's taking place. You know, if there's a flaw in your website, that's allowing somebody to get into the database in the back end, um, it's very difficult to there's no red light that's going to go off when somebody does it unless they steal something to trigger some type of an alert but otherwise they should be able to just continue to exploit and exploit and exploit that repeatedly until they're done with it and that could be in a back-end database server or it could be in the firewall that sits in front of it it could be on the server that that sits on it could be any number of ways where that zero day exists the scariest part about zero day threats is that they're always going to keep showing up you know, software right. is made by individuals. It's made by people. We're all human. We make mistakes. Um, I, I hired a plumber recently in my house. Um, and, um, you know, once he left, he had some mistakes. I ended up having to go back and fix his mistakes. I hired a, I hired a professional to do something, and they still made a mistake. These things happen. Um, it's just part of life. And as long as humans are making software, which will be forever, uh, you know, it's funny. When I was a kid, I was convinced. I used to tell my dad that computers were smarter than people. And my dad would say, no, they're not. They're not smarter than people. Like, no, they, they are. They're smarter than people. Like, they're not because they're made by people. And <laughs> although we've come a long way in this world with artificial intelligence, what he said still rings true today, right? Yeah. Um, these applications are made by people and there's flaws in them. So the scary part about to back to my point, the scary part about zero days is that they're going to keep showing up. It's always going to be an issue. You never know when the next one is going to happen and you never know when it's going to affect you. It really goes into um, reducing your footprint, which we can cover a little more later in the, in the podcast, once you kind of get off the past what you can do about it but uh for right now there's you know as long you know they're going to keep showing up um because we all use things we buy firewalls from the best companies recently cisco had patches that had to be issued and fortinet had issues that would be had to be fixed and WatchGuard had a piece of firmware on their firewall that they had to pull pull back. I mean, these things are not perfect always when they leave. So even the companies we're hiring to protect our networks, they are still having issues from time to time. That doesn't mean all the time, and it doesn't mean that the issues exist are going to bring down your company and be tragic, but sometimes they can be. Yeah. And, and how many right now? Uh, we have several clients right now dealing uh, dealing with are coming off of ransomware attacks and they all had firewalls and they all had all these tools in place. Uh, um, and some of these things spread through in some of these situations spread through zero days. Right. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't protect what you don't see coming. And um, that's just a sad reality of it. You know, we try to detect, we try to detect, we try to monitor. 
there's tools out there that we can also talk about in a little bit too that can help you kind of determine when they happen, but it's not guaranteed. And I want to really stress that point on this, on, on this podcast today or the or, or on this pod, as the cool people say. And I want <laughs> to point across that um, regardless of what manufacturers of software tell you, mm-hmm. there's no 100% guarantee they can detect these things. Because how can you detect what you don't know exists or right. don't know is possible? You can't 100% of the time. No, You can no, no, do no. things to detect behavior. You can do things to detect, you know, what something does after the fact. But those things are always, always in response after the fact. They're always looking at after the fact. Somebody's got to be first, and it, somebody is going to be first. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and that you know, it, it's it's sort of the same thing that we. It's a similar. Um, it's a sort of a similar thing to when we talk about uh, phishing attacks. You know, it, you know, we get asked. You know, or at least I, 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 for a while, I was, I constantly got asked, well, how do I stop phishing attacks? It's like, well, you, 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 just, you just can't. Like, it's, it's not possible because it's, you know, it's, it's just the nature of technology. It's the nature of the, the, the things that we've built, and, and that's, you know, like you're saying with the zero day, it's, it's similar to that. It's. You know, there's always going to be these issues that come up because, you know, like you said, people just make mistakes. So, yeah, as long as you have email, you will have you'll be prone to a phishing attack. Right. Yeah. And there's a terrific, terrific book I would like to draw everybody's um, everybody's attention to. I've read this book. Um, I don't think it was ever turned into a movie, but it should have been. It's a terrific read. It's called Countdown to Zero Day. Um if you guys, both of you guys haven't read it, I would strongly suggest you read it. But um, it talks, it goes into Stuxnet and that whole story. But the book is written in a way that is basically like you're reading, a, uh, you know, a fiction novel. It's so well written, but it really walks you through like all these zero days and how many zero days were wrapped up inside of that piece, particular piece of malware. And um, goes into like how people are using these against it and not disclosing them and all these kind of things. So, but it's a terrific read and really would give you a really deep understanding of uh, of not just what these zero days are. If my explanation wasn't good enough, I do apologize. But it, they will help you understand that that what a zero day, what zero days are, and then how they're actively exploited in the wild for specific purposes. We had a situation recently where somebody was like, you know, we ran malware programs against this computer and we ran four different versions of it. And, and only only, you know, one of these programs uh, detected this particular piece of malware. And it ended up being the free software version that you could just download <laughs> off the Internet and the, all the other ones missed it. And my comment back was like, yeah, that's true. That happened. But did pick another piece of malware and run those same four programs and another one will detect it because right. they're not all perfect. They're not all going to catch 100 percent of them. Everyone's got their favorite. Right. It's like football teams and basketball. Everyone's going to have their favorite team and that team's always going to be the best or that team. They've always got a reason why that team like we were talking before the before we started recording here about the New York Jets, man. And you know what? There's there's still diehard Jets fans out there, regardless of their current record. And they all have reasons why that coach isn't being fired. But, or if they should be fired. But, in the end of the day, 
there's never going to be a team that's completely perfect year over year, time over time, and there's never going to be a, um, a detection tool that's perfect over time. Right. Right. I thought, you know, we, we might go one week without mentioning basketball, but. I did it. I, did I, I thought yeah, it was you did. Football. You Don't said football teams were basketball. The Jets are a football team, Adam. I know. Well, I know that. I know that. <laughs> Being a fellow with ties to the city, you should know the Jets. I, I know that I know that they're a team and that they play football. I, you know, that's the my the, the extent of my knowledge. You guys had to inform me before we started today that they have not won a single game this season. I had no idea. Yeah. I don't know if you can actually say that they've played football. This <laughs> the pads on and their uniform on, but some of what I watched was not football. Um. <laughs> I really should have watched the uh, the latest Denver game. I would like to have seen how they got by with no quarterbacks. With but they got those three points. So yeah, I I, I, I checked the score and that was enough. I was like, no, I'm not even going to dignify this. But. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. So oh. anyway, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Like, you, and th- and that's why we, you know, when when clients sometimes ask us, you know, well, what tools are you guys using to perform your tests? You know, I I kind of have to say I can't tell you n- what tool we're going to use. Not because I don't want to tell you. Not because of some you know deep hidden dark secret. But because that tool changes. You know, we're we're always using you know different things for different tasks and. You know, again, like 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 this uh, this conversation that we were having, where you know this turns out this free tool you know caught it or, or was able to find it. Uh, that's you know that's true for for a lot of a lot of the the work that we do. So we're you know constantly trying different things and you know different tools, different programs, uh, because you know that's how you're going to get the best coverage for that kind of stuff. So you know you really sort of have to always be on your toes about it. And it's weird in IT because it's probably the only business where sometimes what is free works the best because what you're trying to accomplish uh, is not necessary from a paid company. <laughs> you know, right. some of the large companies don't necessarily make the best tools. To uh, They make great applications like a Microsoft, for example. But Microsoft isn't providing testing tools for us to use on cybersecurity. They're providing at the applications we're testing or they're providing the database in the back end or they're providing like a logging service. They have a new logging service. They launched a SIM service, but they're not doing any of the tools. The major companies you probably never heard of anyway, because the major companies in cybersecurity testing tools are no-name companies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those things. It's the tools are irrelevant. It's what the yeah. cap- what what the what the operator is capable of, right? Yes, yes. That's 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 a that's a much better way to put it. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, we have a new a new sponsor, uh, Craftsman Tools. Actually, they are <laughs> they are getting into the cybersecurity testing business. They're expanding their line of screwdrivers, hammers, and wrenches. Yeah. Also include penetration testing. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. With all these sponsors that this show has, I, I, I'm going to be able to quit my day job. No. <laughs> so many sponsors. You know, we also got Snapchat back. They came back. <laughs> I forgot about Snapchat. Yeah, Snapchat. It's a great 
sponsor. I don't know how you can forget about. You can't forget about our sponsors. Um, well, they're, I, they're always in my heart. But yeah. you, have, you have to like put the logo on your car, like NASCAR. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and now that Craftsman uh, penetration testing is available at Home Depot and Lowe's, um, we're going to have a whole new. Uh, group of people out there, you know, kind of weekend hackers. Yeah, yeah. So if and if you guys want to buy that online, you just use promo code SVR. Again, that's promo code SVR for 20% off at checkout. Yeah. We're so cool nowadays. We can drop the Security Views radio. It's um, just SVR now. It's just yeah. SVR. It's just, oh. Yeah. I think they're even doing, uh, we're, we're going to be able to get podcast.svr, right? They gave us our own extension. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a quick break. Um, we'll be back in a few minutes to uh, sort of go into, you know, what you can what you can do and what you can use to, to protect yourself from this kind of stuff. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. JSCM Group is your leading cybersecurity expert. With two decades of experience, we work hard to ensure your network is as protected as possible. We simplify the complicated and ever-changing world of cybersecurity, regardless of your organization's size. To start protecting yourself, your employees, and your clients, contact us at 888-897-9680 or online at jscmgroup.com. We simplify, we're experts, and we're here. Again, that's 888-897-9680 or jscmgroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you uh, for, for sticking with us. We're back, all three of us. And uh, we, we, we hope you enjoyed the break as much as we did. Um, so. To be fair, listeners, we talked about movies much like we do on air. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's sort of um, uh, not cre- creepy isn't the right word, but it is a little odd that there, that this is not – the voices that you hear and, and personalities that you guys hear, this is like if you're just sitting in the office with us. Like legitimately, this is what most of our days are like where we will talk about movies for 20 minutes and then talk about cybersecurity. So. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's what kind of started this whole thing. We don't really talk about where this started and why this ramped back up, but it was sort of like an extension of our, of our conversation we were already having. But I know we listeners... We don't mean to not give you straight, hard cybersecurity news, but we have told you since the beginning, and we will remind you, that's not why you want to listen to us. You want to listen to us for our depth and our insight in the overview. There's plenty of hard news podcasts out there. That's not what we're trying to bring you. We're trying to bring you theory and things to think about, things of how you can implement in your business, in your world, in your personal life that's going to make you more secure. And I do believe that we can all do little things to be more secure. And if we're just thinking about it as we go about day to day. Yeah. yeah. I was shocked the other day. I had to help one of my kids get on a, uh, uh, um, 
I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. I had to get on for online learning. I don't know why I couldn't think of the term. Uh, <laughs> I got a I got a tattoo on my arm over the weekend. It's just online learning. But, uh, <laughs> I, I had to help. Are you mementoing yourself? What's that? Memento. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you're um, mementoing yourself. And I had seen her email, and it's full of like newsletters. I'm like, oh my god, what what have you done? <laughs> What have we done here? We got signups and news. So now we have to have a conversation. It's like you have the conversation all the time. Don't give out your email address unless you have to. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I I go through like like a cycle. Like eventually, this happened with most recently with my with my Gmail account. I just reached a point where I was like, ah, the heck with it, and I just like abandoned the account. Like just because it was too. Like I had had the account for like over a decade. And I just like it just it had gotten out to too many different places. And I was like, all right, well, I'm starting over. So. Yeah. And that's that's great. You need to have those dump email accounts. I tell this when I talk to, you know, certain groups of people, senior citizens and stuff. I'm like, create an email address to get those discount coupons. You log into it, you get your coupon code and you get out of it. You don't use it for anything important. Right. That, whatever right. shows up in there, you know, is crap. Yeah. You never have to click on a link from the bank because the bank doesn't know that email address exists. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So I, so I have my, my other email account, my, um, my, my actual dome, like we, Matt, my wife and I have a domain. Uh, so I, I'm just on that one now. So is it my wife and I have a domain.com? Uh, dot info. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I actually, actually, uh, we moved it to dot SVR. So, um, okay. yeah. <laughs> so there's more than one domain on that. Oh, but so, so just got your email to set up um, jetsfan.com. I'll do that for you as soon as we're wrapped up here. Um, that's spam. You know that's spam. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to that site, is it just a picture of me giving a thumbs up? Because <laughs> clearly I'm the world's biggest Jets fan. You with your hands are like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, Adam, I think you're actually the quarterback this weekend. I, I think I saw something in the break room. That said oh, you were, crap. I, yeah. I got to start training. I don't need <laughs> no, they're, no, they're good. Just, just show up 15 minutes before the game and get seated right. up. <laughs> training? You're going to get cut. You keep using those words around here. <laughs> Practice. So, so. As, a, as a huge football fan, I, I would like to know, honestly, how do you feel the quality of the games are this year with, you know, people sitting out and all this kind of stuff? Do you think they're doing a good job of keeping it up? Uh, no, it's all offense. The, de the it's You're rarely going to see any good defense uh, being played right now. Um, they're not calling, calling holding at all this year. Like holding penalties are down dramatically. I think that they're just like, I let it go. We need We need points. So, you know, just – let the offense have it. Did you uh, finish listening to the whistleblower podcast? Little plug for those guys over there. I didn't. Um, yeah, I stopped up to like three or four episodes. Um, uh, yeah, it might it might make you rethink professional sports a little bit. I've always thought professional sports were kind of rigged, uh, especially basketball. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, football as well. I, I know it's for entertainment, um, so. Well, at least for some, it's entertainment, but the actual gambling—that's what it's really for. So, yeah, I'm not surprised at all when I see like players running out of bounds with 
you know, at the two yard line instead of scoring and they could cover the spread. And I'm like, what are you doing? But, but yeah, it's always been a little, little funny style. So I've, I've never been shocked when I see um, something uh, that's a little shady going on with the, with the officials. I actually have something relevant to add to this conversation. I watched the uh, Roy Jones Jr. Tyson fight over oh, the weekend. Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I did. He was completely um, stoned before that. He's like, I smoked the whole time before. So, okay. So, so two things. That, that's actually one of my points. Um, people were surprised by that. Like I was reading comments on that article, like, oh, oh I can't believe it. It's like, Dude, Snoop Dogg was there. He did a nine-minute set, and it was sponsored by Weed Maps. Like, <laughs> what? What about that is surprising to you? So that's why he bit uh, Evander Holyfield there. He had the munchies. Yeah, yeah. I'm so hungry. But no, I so I did. I did watch the stream of that. That was very odd. Um, because, you know, boxing events are usually pretty big and loud things. And this was just, they were like boxing in this like dark void. It was just very strange. I forgot you were a boxing fan. That's right. Yeah. I, not like huge, but like, uh, you know, any decent pay-per-view I'll, you know, I'll try to catch up on. But no, Roy Jones Jr. Uh, did not do super well. Tyson beat the crap out of him. But at the end, they were like, oh, it's a draw. And I'm like, no, it's not a draw. You just want me to you just want me to pay this money again so I can watch it again in eight months. The boxing commission doesn't want exhibition fights to be win-lose if they can avoid it because something about judging athletic ability. Isn't that the point of a match? It's because they don't want it to, like, count like theirs do. Oh, I see. That's what I heard today. On it. I was listening to the, some of the details about today. So I didn't watch it. I, Mike Tyson ceased holding my attention when he bit somebody. So. Bit Evander Holyfield. Yeah. Round three of their second match, I think. Um, no. I but uh, I, I watched that live as a child. Uh, so that was a... Uh, that was a very scarring thing to see as a young man. Um, it's like I'm just like eight years old sitting there watching the fight with my uncle, and a ch- chunk of a ear comes off. I was like, what? No. Twice. Yeah, I was on a date over watching that, um, that match, and I was mad while I was on my date. And the day, um, when I went to get a recap, uh, they were like, they told me what happened. I was like, wait, what? Hey, it is yeah. round three, and they just, and I was just like, okay, I made the right choice. I made the right. Choice. <laughs> <laughs> he had some great fights, but um, yeah, he had some, I don't know, <laughs> some weird ones too. He was a very flawed uh, heavyweight, I think. The rest of them were not flawed at all. They're all perfect. No, they're all perfect. All perfect examples of human beings. His trainer passed away. When his trainer passed away, um, he just, yeah, he, he, he went off the rails. Yeah. But before that, he was he was one of the most dominant fighters I'd ever seen. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, what was it? There, at one point in his career, like, 
the like the average length of one of his fights was like nine seconds or something like something ridiculous because he was just like you just get out there and he'd hit somebody like three times and they just drop like well he had a documentary where, where he revealed that uh he he tried to he tried to basically you know kill the other opponent in the first round because his breathing was terrible so the later it went into a fight the work he's like my breathing and my conditioning was just wasn't wasn't good so oh interesting the fight went past, you know, five or six rounds. I'd started to struggle. So he's like, that's why I just went out there and just tried to annihilate everybody in the first round. And, uh, and I think that's what you saw when Evander Holofield was able to push him to later rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Holyfield with great stamina. And and I think a lot of it, not, I can't believe we're talking about 10 minutes now boxing. Holyfield just had like six inches of reach on him, and Tyson just couldn't get in. So, mm-hmm. no. Nah. He was frustrated. He lost control. That's what, yeah. yeah. And uh, Evander was really good at headbutting him. Uh, <laughs> he was. That's what he said what made him mad. But, I mean, that's it's part of boxing. Hey, I use whatever advantage I can. And one of his advantages was, yeah, using the headbutt. I got a big head. <laughs> Everybody do. So. <laughs> I can't do anything. And you got to protect yourself against headbutts, much like you need to protect yourself from zero-day threats. Ah, nice transition. Yeah, it was beautiful, right? Get us back on track. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think that there's like a, like, apart from apart from just your standard, hey, make sure you're running your updates, which is the boring answer. Um, John, I wanted you to sort of expand a little bit on, on what are some of the things that people can do to better protect themselves from zero days. So one of the number one things you can do is um, mi- minimize your footprint and what things have access from the outside in. And that's reducing the number of open ports, requiring use of things like multifactored VPN connections, um, segmenting off web servers and everything through to on a segmented network into like a DMZ or or some type of optional zone that's not connected to your main network. Basically, you want to mitigate by by mitigate by minimize. That's my new that's my new slogan. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> and and so by what I mean by that is by minimizing the amount of things that people have have access to hit and that are susceptible to attack from the outside. Now you may say that's easy. Everyone does that. And no, everyone doesn't do that. I assure you, um, and, and my listeners out there, I assure you that most people don't do that. Most people always have a reason to open up a port, and I challenge every time somebody needs to do that. There might be reasons why you temporarily open up access or open up a website, something from the outside, mm-hmm. but you really should be using some type of front-end system in order to handle those things. Keeping your web-facing applications in a, in a, in a data center, third-party, cloud-based, remote, whatever is the smartest solution as opposed to being on the same network as your corporate VLAN, your main campus network, anything like that. You want to push those things out to other areas. Because one thing is, remember, is we can't guarantee that you're not going to get be the victim of a zero-day attack. So what we want to make sure is that if it happens, the risk to you is minimized because we've isolated off what that what that particular thing is capable of. 
The next thing you can do as far as zero days when it comes to opening up attachments and unknown threats, using applications, web, web and email security solutions. We have a product we use called, that we've, we, we've maintained called Closeport. That system and many systems like it are, are after they're doing sandboxing where they go in and they uh, test something in a virtual environment. Mm-hmm. That is effective, but it is only effective after the fact. Understand that it most likely came in, the attachment most likely got through, and then it's going to be tested. But it'll then at least start to prevent other users on your network from getting the same risk that comes in. A lot of people will tell you, keep your systems updated and patched. That does not fix zero days. Zero days means there is no known fix for it. So until there's a fix for it, it's... It's not known, so those systems aren't going to do anything to protect you. But preventing what things do on side, inside your network that can get out is important. What I mean by that is minimizing the outbound connections and what they're capable of through application controls, through DNS controls. Minimizing what things can do if they do launch is perfect. Using, using things like zero trust applications, where I mean basically like you don't trust any application on a computer until it's tested and verified, is a very smart way to, to, to minimize anything that's going to come into these types of threats. Again, we will always have zero days. Minimizing and, and you can mitigate through minimizing and reducing the amount of footprint that you see. IoT devices are going to be full of these things, cameras, printers. Oh, um, yeah. Alexa devices, uh, refrigerators, uh, <laughs> temperature set- settings, HVAC systems. The HVAC systems are not patched, by the way. They're full of them. Uh, keeping those things in, uh, in segmented out networks is critical in order to be safe. Agreed. Agreed. Um, especially because, you know, those, uh, a lot of those manufacturers, you know, probably aren't thinking about patching the firmware on your light bulb. Um, you know, that's just, that's not a priority for them. So. Right. And then, but, but you're using, especially with industrial control systems and these things are, these things are not maintained and patched very often. They're not, they're not, they, they do have available, but they're not going out and, and getting the updates. It's not like a windows computer. You can set your CNC machine to auto update every Friday. You know, it's not, it's not going to do that. So um, you need to make sure that these things are isolated off. Again, you can't infect what you can't see. So if you segment out your network, if one computer gets a virus, the other ones don't necessarily have to get the virus. If one of the computers on your network is victim to a, to a zero day, it doesn't necessarily hurt the other ones, and you might have some time to react to it. The last thing I'm going to tell everybody to do is log. Log the data, log, 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 mm-hmm. have it reviewed. If you're not an analyst and you don't know how to do that, just get it logged and um, have somebody review it either on a monthly basis and some type of recurring service um, with with your security vendor or something you do in-house, but log everything and just get it reviewed. Look for anything that's strange um, that you may see and any type of activity you may see. Um, it's going to tell you tons of information over what's happening inside your network. Too much, arguably, but some of it is going to be relevant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I mean, with, with that, I think, I don't think there's really a whole lot more to say on the, on the subject. Um, 
Back so boxing. so th- that was our quick outtake. Now we're going to go back to the boxing podcast. Now we go back to the boxing part. Oh. Uh, yes. <laughs> to, to the real reason that people tune in to SVR. No, we needed to do some do some boxing for you, man. I know you're uh, you're a boxing fan. I do remember that now, and we do spend far too much time talking about my boy Russ, who still hasn't signed with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I think I think that's who Mike Tyson is fighting next, actually. Oh, is he? No, no he's on card versus um, uh, Nate Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> that. That was that undercard was the that was the best that was the best part of the night. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, thank you all for listening. We hey, we hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. We know a lot of holidays are coming up for a lot of different people, so whatever you're celebrating this year, have a great one. Um, we'll still be in touch. If you have a question or a comment, or uh, if who you want to see Mike Tyson fight next, um, you can email us at podcast at jscmgroup.com. That's podcast at jscmgroup.com. And uh, yeah, again, hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone.